Gun line, gun line, gun line. Fire mission coming down. It's your host Lopez here from On the Gun Line Podcast. I'm glad to have y'all here. I hope you guys enjoyed that last live Facebook uh, live bullshit I did with Kowalczyk for the Memorial Day weekend. Hey, Kay and I had an outstanding time interacting with you all and appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It was great to see everybody coming together and just shooting shit and seeing folks that haven't talked to each other in a while communicate while they were on that fucking thread, man. It was pretty fucking awesome. And definitely something that Kowalczyk and I are going to have to work on again. Um, anyway, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on forward. We got a good one today here on the Gunline Podcast. One of my old uh, homies from back in the day is here with me. If y'all know him, it well, if we served in 277 out of Fort Hood together, y'all know who it is. His name is Bash. Uh, apparently, his first name is Aaron, as in A-A-Ron. Go figure, I never fucking knew his first name. And anyway, so we got Bash here on the line with us, and he's going to be shooting shit with us, catching up with him and seeing how life has been treating him. We'll discuss his uh, pretty much, well, we'll go through it. One good thing about him is that he was in, came out, and came back in at a different MOS. We'll touch on that later afterwards, too. Oh, punk-ass motherfucker. Couldn't handle artillery no more, so he had to go aviation. But we'll go ahead and touch on that in a second. <laughs> hey, Bash, how you doing, brother? Good. Yourself? Man, I'm fucking outstanding. I'm telling you, I just had one of the greatest weekends I've ever had in a while. It was good catching up with a lot of you cats out there. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely... It was a good experience for the Memorial Weekend, you know? Yeah, definitely. Did you do anything special this weekend? Uh, well, as you can see, I'm kind of busy. So at this table that we have right here, I've been working on for like six months. I fucked up at the beginning and put too much stain on it. So I had to fix it. And my wife's been badgering me ever since. So I'm almost to a point of where we can put it in the living room. Nice. Right on. Right on. Well, remember... A woman is never going to be satisfied, man, no matter what, unless she has her hands in it. And that's true in all aspects of life and wife. If you're building things and making beautiful things for her, then she usually uh, lets you be at least as long as you ain't taking six months to do one thing. Touche, touche. By the way, I just got to put this out there, man. Your hat game is on fucking point, Chief. I'm digging the fucking hat. I was going to mention that earlier when I saw it, but I was like, no, nah, I'm saving this especially for the pod. That hat is fucking bomb, dude. I could dig it. So I have two of these black ones. This one has the, the camouflage on the inside and a little bit of the green because it's military related. Yeah, yeah. The other one's just completely solid black. I wear that one. I want to look nice. I gotcha. And just to let you know, uh, some, of, some of my people might be bitching because uh, your audio is coming in and out because you're deciding to do two things at one time. So... <laughs> Focus, motherfucker, focus. <laughs> so anyways, for those, that, for those people that don't know you, uh, who is Aaron Bash, man? What's your story, bro? All right. So I came in the Army 2004 at the age of 19. Ooh-wee. Uh, shortly before you did, I actually got in there. I think I got to 277 when it was still 316. Um shit it was like september october and then um after that we became 277 did our time there did a couple deployments once as 277 once as 582 and then um i pcs to alaska where i was with 28 field artillery and i went from the 
uh, self-propel to the triple uh, seven, which is oh, an nice. amazing piece. I know you know all about it. Oh, we, hey man, that was a hell of a fucking change for me going from the Paladin to uh, to real <laughs> artillery. You know, dude, it, I had to bust my balls so much to get my shit on point. But you know, once I got there and got it done, uh, I ended up becoming a section chief for a short while. And then uh, my first sergeant may or may not have known an E5 that was coming in, so he ended up making him the section chief just because he knew him. And then I got put off to the side. Gotcha. All right, back. We're gonna have to ask you this once again. If you can keep the phone closer to your mouth, or if you can get a earplug with a microphone, because you keep cut fading in and out, brother. All right, let help, me stand still. Help me help you. Help. Now, hey, question. Um, you used to wear glasses, didn't you? Oh, I still do. I just only wear them when I need them. Which, like, so I have an astigmatism, mm -hmm. and it causes issues when I'm reading. So if I'm not reading, I'm usually all right. Orale. So when you were doing our fucking, uh, what, are they, what are they called, 4513s? Mm-hmm. All right, when you were working on those, did you have your glasses on or off? Fuck, I don't remember. That was like, <laughs> was like 15 years ago. Hell yeah, man. Good fucking times, dude. So why did you end up joining the military? Um... Well, you know, I'm second generation field artillery in my family. And as far as like overall, like uh, both my grandfathers were in, um, all three of my uncles on my mom's side were in, my dad and his brother were in. Oh, shit. Um, and then my dad's sister was in. So it was kind of like one of those things where either you're in or you're out. So I was in. So it was a traditional thing, pretty much what it sounds like. Yeah. Right on, man. That's cool. I, I like seeing that shit, man. Um, you know, where people join because of a lineage type deal, not just because they had to, you know, because there was no other option, which is still good too, as long as you serve your country and you do 100% at it, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So that's pretty badass. Uh, cool, man. So you were 19 when you joined the military. And so I'm guessing that you followed in the cannon cocker career because of your, uh, your previous uh, relatives that were artillery. Or I had no idea. Oh, you didn't know why you chose artillery? Why'd you choose artillery then? Oh, the video got me. <laughs> every fucking body, dude. So far, everybody's been gotten what? by the So it was a catch. So when I first was talking to the recruiter, uh, I was just trying to go. Yeah. And then uh, I was actually trying to go engineer. And um, my sister was getting married around the same time graduation should have been. So when I was talking to the recruiter, he's like, well, if you go at this time, you're not going to be back in time. I was like, okay, well, what can I go to that will get me there and back in time? And he gave me a couple options, showed me the video, and I was like, done. I still get to blow shit up. <laughs> Fucking that video, man, gets everybody. I mean, it gets every single person, you know, and. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing um, that I'm grateful for, and I'm sure you are, too was that we, when we got to our first unit, you know, um, I speak highly of 277 always will, um, but um, we were blessed to, I think, be with the best section chief in the best platoon, in the best battery, you know, in the best fucking battalion in fourth ID at that time. You know? Oh, definitely. You know, 
fucking Staff Sergeant Taylor wasn't no fucking joke. No. To motivate the fuck out of a person, though. Oh, yeah. He yelled at me so many times that, like, I pretty much assumed that being yelled at was a normal scene. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I remember I wanted to be that number one, man, but I never had the chance because Bricker's punk ass was there all the time. And, I mean, Bricker was a stud uh, when it came down to the number one man position, you know? Except for, okay, so you remember that one field problem where Bravo Battery didn't shoot all of their their bullets and then second platoon couldn't finish them either so then we ended up with like 170 or 180 extra bullets for the platoon okay. it was like one of the last uh, uh field problems before we deployed time out time out please tell me you are not calling 155 rounds bullets hey man you know, I'm aviation now. It's been a long time. It's a big ass <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this man just called artillery shells. Our pro Joes, he called them fucking bullets. He couldn't even say hey, those big ass bullets. When you have to sit there and explain it to people so many times that the only way you can relate it is a bullet, then they're like, oh, now I get it. And it's like, it becomes like second nature. Hey, you know what? Good job on tap dancing around that one, Bash. I'll give you that. But yes, they're the big bullets. <laughs> the big bullets. <laughs> yeah, the Dude. really big ones. Yeah. And you know what? I remember that I do remember um, us shooting a fuckload of fucking uh, bullets, as you call them. <laughs> Dude. In two hours. Dude, it was In two awesome. hours. You remember that? There's, Dude, we shot so much out there. I don't because I just remember just shooting and shooting. You know what does stand out to me, though? When um when Bricker ended up getting allergic to the CDCs, so he had to go back in, and I got to be number one man. I remember that, and I loved it. We were doing direct fire and killer juniors. I was fucking rock hard solid on my dick, baby. That shit was awesome. I never heard Chief lose his voice so quick. Let's go, motherfucker. Hurry up. Put that, that shit must have happened when I wasn't paying attention because I don't remember. But then again, in the, in the, in the uh, driver's hatch, you don't see shit. Right. <laughs> right. True that. True that. But I mean, hey, that shit was badass, man. I, I mean, I had a good time there with y'all. I mean, it was, we had a pretty fucking solid section. I mean, we oh, had yeah. That was the only, the, honest to God. So in 15 years, that's um, that's the only place I felt like I was at home with family. Yep. Yes, sir. I mean, I got a little disappointed when um, when y'all went hot gun and you know got to shoot rounds down range, and stay on a nice safe fob. Meanwhile, you know, some of us had to go patrolling every motherfucking day. But okay. Hey. Okay. You say safe, but you remember very well that Bob Falcon did get hit with uh, mortars frequently. And if I don't remember correctly, then, uh, or I do remember correctly, <laughs> rather, five days after we left there the second time, they hit the AHA. Yeah, the AHA got hit, and guess what? Nobody died off of that either. That was no. a fucking, fucking shot, man. And I slept through that whole thing. <laughs> Dude, that, that, whoever fucking, whoever, they must be kicking themselves in the ass. Like, dude, we hit the fucking main area where they have all their goddamn ammo, and we didn't kill nobody? I mean, what well, the you fuck? know, it was funny. Uh -huh. The only ammo, so our rounds got shoved all over the place because you know they were in the blast too. But mm -hmm. the only thing that didn't get ignited were our powders. No shit. 
Yep. Uh, Asher was there. That's what he was telling me. He said that there were rounds everywhere. There was uh, Bradley rounds. There was tank rounds. There was our rounds. They were in everybody's room. Every, the whole freaking uh, fob was a UXO. Damn. The only thing that was untouched was our powders. Dude, I remember when that shit happened because Falcon was right across the river from us, right across over yeah. by the Karata. And um, fucking, I remember I was sitting um, on, I think I was, I was doing some shit on, on MySpace at the time. And fucking, um, I started feeling the goddamn building shake. And I swear to God, I thought that it was somebody upstairs wrestling or fucking around. So I started getting pissed off. Like, God damn it, I'm trying to beat my meat over here. And anyway, <laughs> next thing I know, I go outside and they're like, dude, we're getting blasted. I'm like, what? And then you just start seeing boom. It was like a coordinated attack, I guess. But they hit the aha there at Falcon. That was one fucking crazy ass day, man. That was one fucking crazy dude, day. Dude, I... So Hey, you two need to knock it off. So, like, it was five days after we left Falcon, and so it was at night when it happened. I slept yep. through the whole thing. I no. didn't know. Yeah. I didn't believe anybody until First Sergeant Britain at the time told me that it happened. I was like, no shit. Dude, it was a fucking trip, man. Yeah, so you guys used to re uh, rotate, right, between Hot Gun and then, uh, and then Main Effort, right? Yeah, because they didn't want us to get complacent. So it was 45 right. days on. And then however many days off, and then 45 days on. Okay. Right on. I mean, it, it was sense. It, it was four platoons, I think it was. I'm not sure, bro. Yeah, because 90 days. So that was about a quarter. Yeah, so it was, it was four platoons. So it was us, then the other three, and then us again. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, bro. Again, um, I spent all 365 um, on the ground. So we were out there. We had some good times, bro. We had some great times, especially Smoke Norwood. Holy shit. That was some great times. I love that man. Oh, he dude. would screw up everybody's name. I'm surprised that he could say your name. <laughs> I'm surprised he could say my name. Let me right. put it that way. Those were easy <laughs> names. I mean, don't let him start with Kowalczyk or a Holgan. Hey, come here, hooligan. Holgin? Yeah. <laughs> he used to call Kowalczyk Kawasaki. He yeah. used to call Maluga Magaluga. <laughs> and then um, Montagiano, and then he he called Murray Mary, and it's I like dude, Murray's that. name is a pretty easy name. Holy shit, I forgot all about Montagiano. Shit, well, he was FTC, right? Yeah. Okay, right on, right on. Good shit, man. So what's up, man? So you did your time in um in the army, and I remember you were trying to go SF at one time as well. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that. <laughs> Hey, we hey, at least you tried, brother. At least you tried. You know what I'm saying? A lot of motherfuckers don't even get but, that far. Yeah, so I got there, and then I realized, you know what? I did not train up for this. Hey, <laughs> Like, I enough. thought I did, but I didn't. Fair enough, bro, because like I said, at least you had the balls enough to try it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of motherfuckers yeah. don't even have the balls to do it. To, they'll think about it and talk about it, but they won't fucking do it. So, hey, props oh, yeah. to you, baby. Props to you for at least giving it a shot, you know? And at least you got there and realized, yeah, you know what? A little more than I signed up for. Let me go back to my cannon cocker days. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so you ended up getting out after how many years in, the first, uh, in your first uh, initial, in your initial uh, enlistment? Uh, so I spent eight and a half years uh, active. Um, as field artillery, I did my five and a half at Fort Hood. Then I did uh, three years at Fort Wainwright in Alaska. And then uh, 
So I was on orders for recruiting. And then when we got back from the deployment, like right after we started leave, I guess I got an email from the branch manager saying like, hey, you're, you're on orders for recruit. Uh, you need to turn in your packet for your secret security clearance. Um, if you don't get it turned in, then your orders will get canceled. Okay. Well, I'm not checking my leave on or my uh, email on leave, you know. So I didn't find out until after. By the time I got back from my 30 days leave after that deployment, uh, my orders were canceled and he had me on orders for drum. And, and then I called him up. And I was like, wait a minute. So you're trying to set, what happened to my orders? He's like, well, you didn't do your security clearance. I was like, well, I was on leave. Can we try to, you know, get me back on the orders, get me everything squared back away? He's like, no. He's like, you're either going to drum or you're getting out. I was like, well, I guess I know what I'm fucking doing then, huh? Mm. So mm. I wasn't stupid, though, because there ain't no job for us when we get out. So I went into the guard at Avionics for fixing helicopters and um i got jerked around at my civilian job and at the in the guard unit so then i was like fuck this i'm going back to active tried to come back to field artillery they said nope and i said well as long as i'm coming back in i don't care and they sent me right back to alaska so let's pause there a moment um let's go ahead and touch on on, on the first time you were out and you said it was difficult or oh, there's no jobs for uh for 13 bravos when we get out uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit more for some of those that are out there that are having difficulties? Okay, so with the experience, the primary experience that we earned, there's no jobs. You actually, there are two jobs. I'm sorry. So if you're below Star First Class, then you can go and knock down avalanches in Alaska and in Colorado. But, uh, and that's for the Department of Transportation, and that's hard to get. If you're above Sergeant First or Sergeant First Class and above, you can go work at the schoolhouse. Well, I was below Sergeant First Class, and I didn't want to stay in Alaska, and I didn't want to go to Colorado. Right. So I went to Ohio. And you know that all the training that they gave us. So we had detainee operations training. We did infantry training. We did, you know, all kinds of training. I had Seaburn. I had um, counter IV training. And... Um, I applied at several police departments and the Department of Transportation and several other things, and I got to Ohio, and uh, nobody gave me a call back or even took a look at me. Oh, wow. I ended up working at a factory. No shit. That's yeah. tough, man. That is tough, especially, you know, you're coming out of the military, and um, you also have a lot of other skills that maybe at the time when you were, when you were getting out, you know, you, didn't, you weren't able to, to articulate them into a resume. Uh, like mm -hmm. for example, there's a lot of, a lot of things that we take care of. I don't know what rank you were when you got out. Uh, I was a staff sergeant. sergeant and, um, and you know, there's a lot of things I had to go through a PLDC or what's it called WLC. So that mm -hmm. was the school house that I took. I had ALC, which back then was BNOC phase one. And then I had BNOC phase two SLC. So, I mean, I was able to take yeah. advantage of those schools and on the way out in ACAP, they at least showed us, or maybe they learned from the past that they weren't articulating the our fucking uh, skills into civilian skills. I don't know if they there was a lesson learned from them, but I was able to. They gave, you got out after me. Yeah, I got out in 2015. Yeah, I got out in 13. Okay, so, so I, mean, I was going through ACAP, and they tried, and I tried to like, dude, I showed up to an interview at a factory in uh, a, uh, a suit. 
Right. You know, like, I, I mean, you know, you know how it is like you in the military, you want to be professional at all times. Exactly. And so like I applied and I was trying, or I tried to get a job at um, an insurance company too. And mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, do you see yourself still in the insurance? So I was like, dude, I can't sit behind a desk. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Right. They're like, this is a job for you. I was like, okay, good point. I'll Fair go enough. look somewhere else. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, dude. I mean, I know the difficulties and I know you can relate as getting out you know, the, one of the hardest things to do is wondering how the fuck am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to provide for my family? You know, cause oh, yeah. you have a family by that time. Cause I mean, how many kids did you have by then? I know you and, uh, I, I can't remember your old lady's name. Misty, Mista. Mista. Yeah. I remember, cause I remember you got with her. Um, I don't know if it was pre-deployment or post-deployment, but y'all been together fucking forever and a half. So, and, um, fucking, um, how many kids you had by that time? By what time you got out? About 20. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when we got together, she already had one, but right. so I knew her from high school. Let me back up. I knew her from high school. Um, we were in a couple classes together my senior year. I actually, the reason why I liked her is because our sophomore year, there was some chick that was having issues with her for whatever reason. And so they ended up getting in a fight. And my wife, when she was fighting this girl, she wasn't like, you know, slapping her and pulling hair and shit. No, it was balled up fist. Like, let me freaking Mike Tyson your ass. Hell yeah. So, uh, you know, we were, uh, knew each other then. And then there was a time period or about a year where we stopped. We didn't talk. And then I started talking to her before we deployed. We dated while I was deployed. And then, uh, she stuck with me through the whole thing. And we ended up getting married right afterwards. Fuck yeah, I do remember that, man. I do remember that, and that's awesome that you guys have been together for so long. You know, a lot of fucking, um, a lot of relationships don't make it past that first deployment. You know, and at least you were smart enough to not fucking, I'm not trying to say that she would have or could have or would it, but at least you didn't get married prior to leaving the first time. Yeah. So right on, dude. Right on. So good shit. So when you got out, uh, so it was difficult for you uh, to go ahead and um find employment, you found employment, finally decided that that wasn't the life for you. And so then you decided to come back in. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, I got out as a sergeant. I got promoted to sergeant in June, July 1st, 2008. And, um, you know, I got out 13. So obviously it already been a good amount of time. I was promotable when I got out. Um, uh, but because I signed a deck statement, they put, took my points away in mm -hmm. September, and I would have made points in December. Shitty timing, huh? Yes, sir. So wait a minute. So let me pump the brakes. I got something. out. Say what? Let me pump the brakes real quick. Um, did did you do any schooling while you were in, or did you decide not to do schooling? Dude, I still haven't done schooling. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm working on it now. It's just I don't know if it's like. I don't know. I have my own kind of like concerns about doing schooling and it's mostly just me being uh, skittish about not doing good enough or, or picking the right thing to where I'm wasting tuition assistance when I could be using it towards something that I know is a guarantee. Right. And that makes sense. That's a big concern. You know, you don't want to waste your education on something that you're not going to use or be happy not doing. I got you on that. It makes a lot of sense. Right. Especially like, you know, nowadays you get you, it, having a fucking two year, four year degree doesn't mean shit. 
So you got to make sure you spend it on the right fucking degree. Right. And exactly. But like the thing that, that has me worried is like, so right now to put things into perspective, every disc in my lower lumbar area is bulging inwards. Um, two of them have tears and are potential hernias. And then three of them are desiccated and are drying up. Wow. And then, but the thing is like that same pain that's in my lower lumbar area is also in the middle thoracic area as well. I just haven't had an MRI done in that middle portion. So I wouldn't be surprised if the middle portion is the same way. Yeah. So, um, I'm doing my damnedest to try and stay in, even if it means I just have to keep fighting pain. Uh, 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 but I, I mean, I only got like five years left until retirement, you know? Well, I mean, hopefully they'll have you in some kind of fucking job where it's sedentary then because I'll tell you well, what. Well, I'm an instructor. Okay. So if you're going to do that for the rest of the five years, then you should be go good to go then. Because honestly, dude, you don't want your body is one thing you don't want to fuck around with, especially your back. I'll tell you what. I was dying. No, I know. Dude, I wanted an MRI since 2007 when I went to Korea. And they kept putting it off. No, 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 no. And then one time when I was in Carson, I told him, look, man, I can't get out of fucking bed. I had a, like, I was literally walking at an angle. Like my body was crooked. All right. My, my muscles had spasm and I was crooked. And, um, they, I told them, you know, shit, you know, why can't I get an MRI? Fucking, they, they, they give the athletes MRIs all the fucking time. And then he says, well, you're not a million dollar athlete, are you? You know, now I'm like, wow. Okay. So right there, it put in perspective of, Okay, I'm just, you know, a piece of meat that is, uh, what's that word? Uh, ex I'm, I'm, I'm exchangeable. Um, you know, um, expendable. expendable. You're a tool. That's the word, you know. And that's cool. I, I get that. I, I, but at least take care of me and then fucking, you know, get somebody else to take my position. But this motherfucker, well, right. that doctor but told me that The shit. thing is, you got to be taking care of yourself from the beginning. And that's what I tell these soldiers now. Like when, when I look at what we did as, as, as junior soldiers, like, dude, I was carrying two rounds on one on each shoulder and I'm only like 150 even now, right. you know? So yeah. I'm already like, like less than half of the two rounds combined. And, uh, you know, it's just these, I tell these soldiers, like, look, take care of yourself and do everything you need to take care of you because the army's not going to take care of you physically. Right. Like, yes, you'll have time to do PT, but it's, if you get injured, they're just like, uh, yeah, it sucks to be you. So, yep. I mean, you take care of you, but don't be a bitch and milk that shit. You know, know when you got to sit there and accept the pain and know when you need to go talk to the doctor. Oh, definitely. So you are 100% legit on that. There's motherfuckers out there that are milking the shit out of the system, which I talk about all the goddamn time, you know. Dude, you, got, so you got dudes that claim PTSD, they never have a fucking one day being shot at, never shot a fucking uh, enemy. All they did was fucking zero their weapons in Kuwait, but they want to go and claim PTSD. So, like, I, like, the pain you were talking about in your back is the same shit I got. Sometimes, like, if I hurt it bad enough, I'll be walking and I'll be looking like the letter L because I've been over and it hurts so bad, you know? And so I had a soldier in Alaska, this motherfucker, like he was the product of two E sevens, which is unfortunate. Like, I don't know how that happens, but he, he comes in, he fails a PT test and then 
you know, my platoon sergeant's too kind. So he's like, all right, in a week, we'll give you another one. And then that one absolutely has to be for record. It's like, okay. So then he takes it, fails it again. So then he gets put on the 90 days for, you know, uh, getting your shit together. Well, in that time, he ends up going on profile. So we write a memorandum thinking that's the right thing to do, saying like, hey, you're on profile. We're going to give you time to recover. Your profile ends on this day. The new way that they do the profiles is that it incorporates your recovery time. So when this day comes, you have to take a PT test. We take the PT test, and he fails it. So Stand by. Stand by, because your audio just went to shit. Can you hear I me? I don't know where the mic is. Can you hear me? What kind of phone do you got? Oh, I don't know about that shit. I know about iPhones. Anyway, yeah, your audio just went to complete shit right now. Like, you sound like a chipmunk. Can you sound like, uh, you still sound the same. I mean, you look like you weigh. <laughs> I You seriously sound like a ee bee 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 Really, really doesn't talk? Hello? Yeah, you still coming in shitty, brother. You were doing... It was doing really good, and then just suddenly, I don't know what the fuck happened, but you went down to crap. I don't know. Maybe it's my signal. Maybe. I can... Yeah, go see if it works going back inside, man. In the meantime, I'll go ahead and fill in some time until you're back in somewhere where you have signal. So, yeah, old baby Bash over here used to be our driver. Um, motherfucker would hump some rounds, you know, and... When it was section cert time, he was the guy that would read that dash 10. That motherfucker could read that dash 10 better than anybody I knew. That's not bad for a hillbilly from Ohio. You can hear me now. You still sound the same, brother. I don't know, man. Okay, there you go. You're sounding better. I didn't do anything. Mm. But no, this is no. It's not an invite. You said, good boy. I don't know what's wrong with your shit, man. Do you have any kind of Bluetooth headphones or anything? Or something? No. All right, I am people. not technologically advanced. All right, people. We're going to have to bear with uh, Bash sounding like a chipmunk for the rest of the interview. Or the shit, <laughs> shit I should say. So, where were we? Um, so, my shitbag soldier. So, he failed the PT test the second time. And it was after the first 90 days. And so I, we take it to legal, and they're like, that only counts as a first one because it's after 90 days. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So they ended up, um, he ended up mid-boarding. Oh, shit. And it was, yeah. Hold on, dude. Let me try something. Okay. All right. Can you talk? Hello? Yeah, you still sound like shit. I thought it was my speakers, but it's actually yours. I don't know. God damn it. Uh, let's see. What can I do in the meantime? Hmm. Let me try something. See, maybe it's doing too much stuff at one time. Uh, maybe you should do that. So can apparently, I can hear you somewhat, but. Is it, is it a little bit better? A, a little bit, yes, but it's better. So I don't know if you have like a thousand fucking apps open. That might make a difference. No. Oh, what was that? No, that's the only app I got left. All right, dude. Fuck it. It is what it is. Uh, we'll just have to roll with it. Yeah. You know Let me put pause on this record real quick. All right, we're back to recording, and by the magic of the fucking 
And by the magic of the fucking uh, edit button, we'll go ahead and fix that up. All right, so your soldier was a shitbag, couldn't pass a PT test. Some kind of smokes let him fucking pull through. Who was that smoke? What's that smoke's name? Uh, I was aviation at the time. So oh, it was my... I don't know you yeah, smoke. I didn't call him smoke. I said, my platoon star, you're a suit. Go ahead and read, listen to this stuff back again when we're done, and then you'll be able to know, like, oh, he said platoon star. All right, too easy. Dude, dude right. I get so confused nowadays. Like, I, it's like, is it a battery? Is it a company? Is it smoke? Is it platoon star? Like, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> for real, for real. So they, they, so they ended up, he ended up med boarding out? Yeah, he only got 20%, though, thank God. But. My platoon sergeant was bringing it up to me. He's like, you know, let me get this straight. I was like, all right, tell me what's up. He's like, so he rides his motorcycle into work. I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, it's a cross rocket. I was like, yeah. He's like, he has back issues. I was like, yeah. He's like, his profile says he's not allowed to wear uh, body armor or Kevlar. I was like, yeah. But he has to wear a helmet. I was like, yeah. He's like, I was like, do you want me to do something about that? He's like, no, I want him to fuck out of the armor. You don't say a fucking word. So go fucking figure. I mean, whatever, dude. But he was on that last stretch anyway. Huh? He was on that last stretch anyway on getting out, and it would have made him stay in there like months longer. Dude, this piece of shit. Dude, his profile said that he had to take – he was allowed to take 15-minute naps throughout the day. He he could only work – be at work for eight hours a day, period. So – I mean, if uh, Mondays and Fridays were the only days we made him come in at zero six, and then the rest of the week he came in at nine, so that he could meet that eight-hour requirement. Yeah, fuck all that. Nope, nope. He would have been gone. I would have found every single thing to chapter that motherfucker out. Patterns of misconduct, baby. Dude, it's these fucking, it's these fucking soldiers. I think part of it has to do with aviation, but for the most part, it's these soldiers. Like, and I think it, because uh, I, Hodgson was talking about it when you did his interview with him, yeah. you know, these soldiers coming in, like they're weak, you know, like if they were to come in when we came in, they wouldn't have made the cut. <laughs> IG completely. I mean, they would because <laughs> <laughs> there was no getting out, but. For real. Dude, that's fucking, it's pathetic and a shame, you know, we used to have pride. You know what I'm saying? There was pride in what we did. So I just don't understand how motherfuckers don't have that pride anymore. It's because the generation of parents that raised us, uh, they were raised by good parents themselves. You know, they're, they're gone. They're on their way out. Yeah. I know not yours. No, (laughs) go play with you. I'm dying with this goddamn bear. I can't get this goddamn bear straight. <laughs> I don't even know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to get the fucking bear on right. For the guys Just watching put the on shit YouTube. On your head, man. Don't even worry about it. Uh, I can't. It, bo- it bothers my fucking eyes, dude. They put a different hat on. Uh, no. So anyways, for those that are wondering, I'm trying to put my fucking... Um, I'm trying to train my hair back. And it's not working out very well with my shit that I'm putting on my head. So... Anyways, continue. Uh, I don't know. Um, so, tell me yeah, about. Your, he ended up tell, getting- tell me about the differences that you've seen between fucking aviation oh 
in the gun line. Okay, so uh, first one, the amount of uh, discipline in oneself, let alone in one's job, is completely different. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, you remember the standards that we had to uphold coming in. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the, the Army in general with the soldiers they got coming in. But I, let me put it this way. The shit we would have gotten yelled at without even thinking about these soldiers like get away with on a constant basis because like I'll see soldiers and they'll be coming up late and I'll be like, you ain't going to say some shit to them. And they'll be like, be like, no, it's uh, it's not six thirty yet. Like, are you, he's still late. It's not 15. He's not here 15 minutes early. <laughs> yeah. But it's not six thirty. Like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Wow, dude. And so do you remember how, we used to check soldiers' barracks rooms before we would go to PT. Fuck yeah, me. they, they uh, don't do that. Oh, fuck the dumb shit, man. Uh, that's standard fucking data. No, like once a month, our Sergeant Major comes pissed off, and he's like, oh, everybody needs to check their soldiers' rooms. Like, oh, hell, if we uh, actually did that often, then we wouldn't have to do it once a month when you got pissed off. Fucking figures, dude. Fucking figures. So, damn, man. Any of you guys getting, uh, have, have y'all got caught up with the COVID out there in the schoolhouse yet? Fake disease? Yeah, we, we've had it the whole time. The uh, what? What'd but, you call uh, it? The fake disease. <laughs> Why you say the fake disease, baby? I got to hear this one. Okay, so uh, the flu, right? Kills yeah. people all the fucking time. Um, let's Doesn't see here. have a At vaccine too, year, right? They do, but it, it only works half-assed, like yeah. half the shit that the Army issues out anyway. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, true, true. so, uh, you know, at the end of last year, they were saying, oh, well, there's a strong chance that people had COVID-19. And it's like they uh, diagnosed it as an upper, respir upper respiratory infection. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got over it and you fucking lived your life. So if it's the same thing as an upper respiratory infection, I mean, I don't understand. Like you're claiming that all this shit's going down and, and you know, nothing like the curve was already going down before we locked down. Um, you know, we have wear masks, but we still have to stay six feet away from each other, but both work at preventing it. Like none of the shit they're putting out makes sense. I do what I am required to do as an instructor but I don't believe it's a real fucking disease. I believe that this is a political coup that they're trying to specific people are trying to overthrow uh, certain aspects of our government, but I'm not going to go down the conspiracy theory trail. I'm just going to leave it. At, and when we get a call to arms, just know I'll be there right there with everybody else. And we'll leave it at that because you still are active duty and we don't want to get you in trouble. I'll get bed boarded before I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, it's fucking crazy what's going on in the world right now. I mean, I haven't touched on it because I mean, I'm sure people are trying to get away from this shit that's going on in the shitstorm of the, in, in our country. But I mean, look at those four fucking cops, dude. Um, that that killed that poor dude. You know, that couldn't breathe. That shit damn near no. broke me, man. So you went through the same training I did because we went through the detainee operation training before we deployed that first time. Mm -hmm. And you know very damn well that when they had us throw someone on the ground, the knee didn't go on the 
neck, that person's face and head went into your ankle area so that they could, because like, I don't know what it is. Like when your face is in a uh, uh, confined space, you can't move like you're supposed to. So his, his head at the very least should have been in the area of that dude's ankle, which would have applied no pressure to his head or neck region. Oh, that and the fact that, I mean, he was already fucking in handcuffs. And yeah, there's there the other dude. dudes on him. You know, it's kind of fucked up. And, you know, what sucks is the shit that's going on right now that they're, I get it. You know, people are angry. People are fucking pissed off. But, you know, you're detracting from the person, the individual that got killed. You know, they're taking away from that and making that news. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I get it. Be angry, be pissed. But there's a way, even the people that were out there on, on social media were saying, like, look, these guys are just out here rioting and stealing just to riot and steal. Not, They're not protesting. The protesters are on this side. Because I was watching that shit. Like, you know, I get it. Be pissed, be mad. But don't burn down your own motherfucking neighborhood, man. You know? It just makes no yeah. sense to me. There's... um. Every single one of us that have been deployed has seen shenanigans as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. I mean, in Iraq, um, there was always the Shia or the Sunnis that were, you know, getting angry because the opposite, either the Shia or the Sunnis were doing shit that they didn't want them to do. I mean, there was rioting and stuff going on in Iraq when we were there, right? And to relate it back to what we're doing, what's going on here is you know, the, there really wasn't a whole lot of shit to loot and steal anyway, but what they were doing is they were like force on force violence, period. Like if the, if the violence was going straight to the police department, yes, I still don't agree with it, but that's what's expected. Yeah. You know, but to, to go out and blatantly like vandalize and steal from someone who has absolutely nothing to do with the specific thing that was going on, Exactly. I, mean, I, I just, I. How many jobs got destroyed? You know, if those people yeah. were open, I mean, now these guys don't have jobs. You right. Know? And, and, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't see color. Let me put it that way. Like every single person that is born in America is a fucking America American. And that's the only race that fucking matters anyway. We're all Americans. You know what I'm saying? We're all humans. There's no color. It's all melanin. It's a scientific fact that all it is is some people have really dark tans, some people don't. You know? And I'm one of the ones who don't. Like when I was in Alaska, my skin matched the snow. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, I was blessed to be in the middle and um us brown people, you you can't tan like us, man. I like I went out there. Oh, and I can. Jaime out, actually asked me one time if uh, if I was part Mexican while <laughs> oh, we were on our first deployment because <laughs> I tanned so well. Hell yeah. I tanned really good, man. I went out to the river this weekend, fucking floated it, and had some good sun. And, brother, I didn't burn. I came back just a golden fucking beautiful color. I'm taking a shower, bro, and I'm washing my fucking titties because I don't got a chest. I got titties. I was washing my fucking titties, and I'm like, God damn, there's a good-looking color on me. I look good, pimping. I look fucking good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, we we got to have some funny shit going on. We got to have some funny shit going on, man. So, hey, man, gun line talk now. So let's just go ahead and take it to some gun line talk. Um, when you were in, did y'all have any females coming to your gun line yet? 
No, that was uh, that was thankfully enough before my time. Now, I'm in aviation and I work with females. I instruct females, and don't get me wrong, I don't have a problem with females. But the saying "bitches crazy," it doesn't matter if they're in the army or not. That that statement is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. I mean, and so, I, go ahead. Actually, and this may be. Some people may say, consider it, I don't know what you call it. I wouldn't say unethical, but, you know, as an as a, a leader, I should be able to handle shit. But when a woman comes up to me crying, regardless of whether she's wearing a uniform or not, I have no idea what to fucking do. I'm just sitting there like, you're, you're jibber-jabbering, you're, you're fucking blubbering, you're speaking in tongues. I have no idea what you're saying. There's tears everywhere. I actually sent one of my female soldiers. I was like, uh, I can't handle you. Go talk to my wife. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Nah, man. Um, I thankfully didn't have to deal with that shit on my end. We did have a FET team, which is redundant saying that now that I think about it. But we had a FET, which was the female uh-huh. engagement team. Yep. We had one of those, but it wasn't in the, uh, the company or the battery. Oh, we did. We had it in our battery on my deployment to Afghanistan. Um, and uh, mm, let's, mm. one of them was a little too hua hua, came in there with a really wrong attitude, like, you know, thinking that she was one of the boys and just trying to act like one of the boys rather than just being herself. I called her Ranger Reba because she just always fucking, she always just too hua hua. She, was, she had a Napoleon complex because literally she was like 4'11". I'm not even bullshitting yeah. on that. She has some humongous fucking knockers on her that probably put together, they were to her height, you know, but, and she seemed like cool people, but she was just a little too hua hua, you know, and when you come in with that attitude, you just, it's not going to fit in well. And then, well, the I other, mean, so, go ahead. Yeah, then the other two were all right. The other one, she ended up being cool, uh, really cool, actually. And what's funny is um, the whole thing of why we shouldn't have, male and female soldiers living together or in the same unit ended up happening. Uh, she ended up getting knocked yeah. up and uh, they ended up getting married actually. And they're together now, two kids and be- beautiful family. But I'm just saying it detracts oh, from the mission. It detracts from the mission though, at the end of the day, you see what I'm saying? Right. So well, yeah. And so like my soldier, one that I told you, she ended up being married twice in the first three years of her army career and divorced twice in the first three years of her army career. That sounds but, Right. <laughs> Overall, she was a great soldier. She was a great mechanic. Um, I didn't have any issues with her as far as that, but it was just her personal life is, is what was kind of coming back and forth as far as being an issue. Uh, okay. And there were several times I've told her, like, straight up, like, you know, uh, don't ever take anything that I say, like, uh, in the wrong way. If you have a problem with what I'm saying, just talk to me and we'll work it out but you know don't fucking bring your fucking home life to work i don't like me and my wife fucking we'll fight here and there my kids will be ass pains they'll do their shenanigans or whatever the fuck may happen but when it comes down to it i keep on trucking as if nothing is going on because that's how it needs to happen because when we get the we get deployed i mean i i love you and you love me and we all love each other but when it comes down to it we got men we got to make that shit happen. And when we come back from the mission, we can, you know, decompress, 
you know, relax, fuck off, do whatever. Yep. And then when we got to go back to mission, go back to mission. That's wow. the artillery and combat arms lifestyle. But when I being in aviation think, I mean, I haven't deployed yet as aviation, but the aviation side, think of it as like working at Jiffy Lube. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta go, go fix an aircraft, you know, and don't get me wrong though. Like, Avionics is totally different than Jiffy Lube. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about you taking Jiffy Lube to or your car to Jiffy Lube because your CPU and your fucking car isn't working. Got you it. know, that that's what it's like with Avionics. So, are you working on fixed wing or rotary? Rotary. Okay. Yeah, one of my old soldiers um he actually he he went aviation uh back in like 09, I think. He went aviation. He went to a uh, drum actually so yeah yeah dude. Oh. he loved it he was a chinook uh a chinook uh maintenance guy so he's a uniform um but funny story you remember harker harker harker, harker. the mechanic the one that buzzed his balls with uh with the real the- tall like fucking uh corn fed looking one yes 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 Harker, Guess that's who? the name of the guy that fucking had that little swatter for ants with electric. I mean, for flies with electricity that buzzed his balls. Yeah, that's him. I remember him. Go ahead. So, uh, guess who was my instructor for uh, the uh, cadre, or not the cadre training course, but the common faculty development course? I'm the instructor Harker. course. Harker. No. So our first class, Harker, got out of uh, two seven seven the same time that you did. But he re-enlisted for 15 Tango, and then he continued his career, and then we just met up uh, last August. No shit. You said Sergeant First Class? Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, when you see him, remind him um, that when he was a specialist, uh, he used a fucking uh, a fly zapper to zap his balls, and we paid him a lot of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we're doing a lube order and um and fucking sure enough we said like how much to, for you to zap your balls with this goddamn it looked like a little tennis racket and it had electricity on yeah. it and uh yeah I think everybody pitched in some cash and he zapped his balls hey did you go kids. to Lewis no okay the only places I went to was um I went from Hood then I went to Korea in Korea I got orders I thought I was gonna go back to Hood. So they gave me, but they gave me orders to fucking, um, to Stewart. So, and when I found that out, I didn't want to go to Stewart. So, you know, and I told him, well, I'm not going to go. You know, I was told that since I fucking volunteered to come to Korea, that on my way back, I can choose my own duty station. So yeah, that was a fucking lie. So they were like, okay, well, if you decide to do that, you're going to have to sign a deck statement and that's it. Your career's over. You're out. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I mean, you still have two years left. So you're going to finish your fucking, um, your tour here. You're still going to end up going to fucking Stewart. And then you're going to get out, you know, with, um, out of the military with a deck statement. And I was not about to have that. I worked my ass off too hard. I was a chief already as an E5 over there in Korea. You know, if it's one thing That's I learned what I did. in Korea, one thing I learned was you learn your fucking job out there. You know, uh, my chiefs are in Aguayo. When I got there, he told me, um, you know, he asked me, hey, hey, Special Lopez, go initialize the gun. And I had absolutely no idea how to do it. I told him, uh, hey, hey, Chief, honestly, I don't know how to initialize the gun. And fucking, he was like, oh, 
okay. I was like, yeah, I just got back from deployment and um, I didn't get a chance to do that. And then he's like, oh, okay, no problem. And this is where he put me on blast. Hey, PFC Dost, go take Specialist Lopez and show him how to initialize the gun. Brother, that was the first and last time I was ever going to have somebody teach me like that. So, you know, and it put me in my place, man. So I remember I would tell my chief every weekend, chief, can you take me down to the fucking motor pool? On the weekend, dude, we would go to the motor pool and I would initialize the gun. I would fucking go through um, all the PDFCS system, AFCS, because I only had the AFCS over there. And fucking, I would learn. You know what I'm saying? And then when it came time, yeah. when he, he de-roast, when he left out of Korea, that's when they gave me the opportunity. I had just been promoted like two months prior to E5. And they were like, hey, do you want to be a chief? Are you ready to chief this shit? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to chief this shit. Let's do this. And in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck, no, I ain't ready. Hey, you got to fake it till you make it, baby. And uh, sure enough, man, I, I was able to certify. Did good. Came in second place Dude, in the competition. Huh? I've had to learn, like, most of this job on the fly. Like, field artillery was nice because, you know, you memorize everything. You, you get it down to a science because you're doing it all the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's easy. But you come to aviation and uh, especially avionics because – Think of avionics as um, not, I'm not trying to toot any horn or anything like that, but seriously, think of it as, as being a brain surgeon on a helicopter because a helicopter is a flying computer and you're basically the IT tech who's going to make all those electronic uh, connections work together. And so like even our troubleshooting procedures, like sometimes, you know, each step falls in line and it works as it's supposed to and you can fix it right when you need to. Mm -hmm. But then there's sometimes you're going through it and it's like, it's not still not working as advertised. It's still not working as advertised. And it's like, I, I've done literally everything I could think of and it's still not working. I don't know. I mean, uh, calling yourself a brain surgeon of a helicopter. I think you're more of a high speed mechanic. How about that? How about you go out there and you start <laughs> fixing wires? What's that now? I said, how about you go out there and start fixing wires? I'll tell you what. Uh, a brain a brain surgeon can't just pick up a FM or TM to figure out how to fucking connect the two sensory fucking uh, nerves or in your in your brain. <laughs> you can. I don't know. You might be able to. <laughs> well, that's the way I describe it. Because I feel you though, dude. I feel you. I'm just busting your balls. I'm busting your balls. Oh, I know. We're not on the gun line now. We're on the flight line. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go find a fool for the flight line for me? For real, dude. Uh, do you guys have those kind of games out on the flight line? Well, you know, it's considered hazing in the Army now. Are you fucking serious, dude? Yeah. Hazing. I mean, you can't ask someone to go get blinker fluid. That's hazing. Uh, I can't make soldiers do push-ups. That's hazing. Punishment must fit the crime, I guess. I get it. Yeah. I remember. Dude, I, I say fuck that because I remember getting my ass smoked, and I remember one thing. I would never do whatever it was I got my ass smoked for again. Well, I'll tell you what, Diaz brought it up. Um, the first day at the unit when I first got there, I didn't have a car. And I showed up to the battery when everybody was leaving to the motor pool. So I showed up to the motor pool, which was back then on almost damn near the fort, uh, the, the first calf side, way the yeah. on the other side. So I had to run my happy ass. And this is BDU time, back in BDUs in my black boots running yep. from the battery all the way to the motor pool just to show up. And, um, and that's when I first met Staff Sergeant Taylor after PT. And he's like, where the fuck you been? Like, 
I didn't know where the motor pool was, Chief. Just get down. Beat your fucking face. Roger that, Chief. And I started pushing. And that's when I first met Diaz. Because Diaz saw that I was getting my ass handed to me and smoked. And um, he was getting ready to go on lunch or some shit. And um, he had a Gatorade or some water. And, and he said that, you know, he saw me. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I can always get another one. I didn't have anything to hydrate with. So he put it right there. And he says, I looked up at him and I'm like, hey, thanks, homie. I appreciate that. And then that, that's the first memory that he has with me. And my first memory of <laughs> Staff Sergeant Taylor is him smoking the fuck out of me at the motor pool. <laughs> so, good time. Yeah, he smoked a lot of people. Dude, I remember the first time he made me elevate off the fucking trails. And uh, the trails on the Paladin aren't, you know, just on the side. You're at a fucking almost 90 degree angle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like five foot? Uh, maybe about, yeah, from the ground. Yeah. And yeah. It, was very, it was very difficult to push. Hey, so, so one time, Sergeant Taylor was like this. He was like, he's like, all right, smart ass. He's like, he's like, because uh, he was asking me and Bricker questions like nonstop. He's like, all right, smart ass. He's like, uh, what's the cruising range of the Paladin? And I was like 186 miles. And I was off by like, I don't know, like a mile or two. Yeah. Uh, and the wager was that whatever I was off, I'd have to do in push-ups. And he was thinking I was going to be way off. But mm. I was only off by like a couple. And so, so he was like, all right, we do this many push-ups, which, which was the cruising range, right. elevated off the spade. And then Bricker was laughing. And he's like, what are you laughing at? You're going to do them with him. Like, Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Bricker loved him some Staff Sergeant Taylor. I tell you. Dude, I miss that, dude. I miss all of y'all. Oh, like, dude. The amount of good times that we had, like, yeah, every single – I mean, you can't be in the field artillery and not be an asshole to every single person that you're with and still love them every exactly. single day. Dude, I remember – um. I was in a cat crew at the time. It was me, McConnell, uh, Holguin, and Roycroft. And fucking, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember Roycroft, right? So <laughs> fucking Roycroft um, starts bitching at Holguin and me because we, uh, we had our fucking CVCs halfway down. So we only had it unzipped, you know what I'm saying, um, from the yeah. top. So we had it from the waist down, open. Because it was hot as fucking balls out there in Fort Hood in the summer, right? So oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and then Chief Chief had said that it was cool as long as we were inside of the fucking gunner and the cat, just not to do it outside. Right. So we were cool with that. So Roy Crop comes in, and he's like, put that shit on right. And Holguin was like, uh, Chief said we could have it like this. And he's like, what? Put that shit on right now. And um, <laughs> fucking Holguin was like, no, Chief said we could do this. So he's like, you guys, get your asses outside right now. So me, Hogan, and McConnell go outside of the gun. I mean, outside of the cat, dude. And we're standing at parade rest, right? <laughs> and so we're standing at parade rest. And so uh, Roy Croft says, can you hear me? All right. Yeah. So, so Roy Croft says, um, and now, uh, oh, no, we were just standing there like, this is bullshit. And so uh, he goes, how about you get a parade rest? So I snapped the parade rest because, you know, this is fine. And Hogan's like, how about no? Oh, that shit pissed him off, dude. So he's like, what the fuck did you say, Hogan? What the fuck did you say? So we're finally at parade rest, right? And fucking, uh, sorry, Roycroft turns around to go talk to Chief. So Roycroft turns around, starts walking, and then Hogan's like, 
<laughs> just starts dancing, dude. After he told us don't fucking move, dude. We were fucking. We were a bunch of dumbasses. And um, lo and behold, after that field problem, when we got back, um, that Friday was the last time we saw Roycroft. Roycroft was. Where the fuck yep, did he go? Ammo. With Asher. I don't know who the fuck he went to, but he he was gone. And that fool wanted to cry, dude, because that uh, left me, Holguin, and fucking McConnell in the goddamn cut in the cat. We didn't have an NCO in the cat. Have so, you talked to Holguin? I talked to Holguin maybe about two years ago, um, during the anniversary of uh, the January sixth inc- incident, because uh, he was there with us when that happened. So January sixth. Uh, yeah, you guys weren't there for that. That's uh when. Uh, we got fucked up when we were at third ID right seat writing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a fucked up day. No, I remember all about that. Yeah. So fucking, um, I talked to him about that because, I mean, he still, he still gets haunted by that shit. Uh, he saw the medic, you know, stand there and then gone. So that fucked with him to, to this yeah, day. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in like, It's been over five years. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I know his, he, he – uh, do you remember when he went AWOL-ish? And I say ish because um, – uh, was it first – it was either first arm Britain or first arm Maynard. Didn't count him as AWOL because um, his uh, his dad had passed away. And his dad owned a business of his own. And so Hogan stayed there to take care of the business. Right. Um, so it wouldn't go under uh, for his family. I think I was actually getting ready to leave a career by that time, to be honest. Yeah, but you remember that, though. You remember yeah. when he disappeared? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fucking, um, yeah, it's some crazy shit. I mean, he, I know things went south for him out there. Um, he was working as a mail carrier, and I, I don't know what he's up to now. I'll probably reach out to him if I find his number here soon. I got to look it up. But Yeah, uh, let me know. I haven't. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I, I really, I, I, I loved Hogan. Hogan was so fucking hilarious. Oh, that dude was fucking, he was a riot, dude. That, that guy has zero fucks given. He did not get yeah. shit. Dude, he broke out. So, you know, like how a car has like the two main windows on the side and then the really small window. So he broke out the really small window thinking it'd be cheaper to replace that one. That's the most expensive window to fucking break. Oh, my. Because <laughs> he locked God. his keys in his car. Wow, should just call fucking USA or something to come and open it, dude. dude so he's like, dude, I should. It, it was cheaper to replace the windshield than it was the side windows, and it was cheaper to replace the side windows than it was that little last window. God damn, dude, that is fucked up. That's funny, but it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, dude, if he would have just broken out the rear windshield, he'd have paid less money to fucking fix that shit than he would have what he did. Fucking fact, dude. Well, we have reached our hour here, Baby Bash. So I do appreciate having you here on the gun line. We're going to have to do this again, man. But before we go, oh, yeah. before we go, I forgot to mention this because the convo was just flowing really good. People don't know this, but you are now a fucking uh, a maker of a certain type of sauce, right? Yeah. So about... Two weeks ago, well, three weeks ago, I decided, fuck it, I'm going to start making some hot sauce. I was going to call it fag sauce, but there was some questionable shit going on. 
<laughs> I mean, field artillery guy and fags, I mean, people just didn't really understand. So I decided to go with a different name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I dig it. What's that name? Uh, King of Battle Hot Sauce. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Today's sponsor for this episode of On the Gunline podcast is King of Battle Hot Sauce. He sent me two bottles, and I can attest for the green bottle so far. That motherfucker, it's got flavor, and it's got an after kick to it. So in other words, it's very, it gives it flavor, and it, it's spicy, at least in my tongue here, where it's, the food is still edible. It's not one of those like, oh, fuck. But it's one of those like, ooh, shit, yet it's got a kick to it. It's kind of like, you know, um, think about when you finger pop and, and you think she's like, did, did I just get hit by the breach on the hand or not? I can't really, I don't really know. So it's kind of like that, you know, did it hurt or didn't it hurt? It's just, it's really good. I definitely recommend it. Y'all get with Bash on this if y'all want to, I don't know if he's going to make more or making a business out of it. Are you making a business out of this? It's like a business hobby. Right now, I actually have uh, three more uh, flavor. Or I, I, so the green one's Serrano. The red one was Habanero. I did make some more Serrano. I have some jalapeno, and I have a chili garlic that are fermenting right now. I have a Chipotle, but I'm pretty sure I fucked it up, so I'm not going to really kind of put that one out there too much. But the other three are going to be golden. Stand by. I'm going to go get the back uh, if you guys ever have to get like a uh, service dog, I'm going to tell you right now, the Australian Shepherd and Lab Mix is a perfect companion. This little guy is like the absolute best boy and the smartest dog ever. Ranger, good boy. Good boy. Huh? Lopez is taking a really long time. I think he got lost. Got that lieutenant syndrome going on. You know, can't read a compass. Uh, whatever oh, there you are. bought me is fake news. It better not be talking shit about me. <laughs> Just a little bit. So this is the one that I had, the green bottle. Yep, that's the Serrano. Okay. And my wife makes the labels. Oh, nice. So this is the red bottle. That's the habanero. Okay, this is going to be the next one this weekend. I'll let you know what it tastes like. This one right here, though... It was full to the top, all right, y'all? And um, one night, we got wings, and I was like, I got to try this shit out. And honestly, I thought it was going to be poison or some shit. But um, no, it was actually really fucking good. And honestly, um, I, I dig it. I fucking dig it. I like the taste on it because the flavor is there, but it comes in an after kick. So if... I don't know how to explain it, but it's fucking good. It's got the On the Gun Line podcast seal of approval. This bitch is good. That's how good. How good is it? So that's your green bottle? Yep. This is mine. Nice. It's a lot bigger. This, I would definitely, if I was still in the military, I would get me one of these and take it with me to the field and put this shit on everything. 
on everything. You should call this shit Wolf Pussy. That's how good it is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought of names. Uh, I've been given some ideas, and I've thought about mostly, you know, naming them after charges until I run out of charges and then rounds until I ran out of rounds. And then, I mean, after that, it's kind of all up in the air after that. I feel you, dude. Just call it Killer Junior. That would be a good one. Killer Senior, Killer Junior. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, um, I really appreciate having you here, brother. It's been good catching up with you. We have been catching up the past couple of weeks, which has pretty been good, pretty good, man. Um, hopefully some folks will hear this shit and reach out to you um, and say what's up and see how you're doing, man. Any shout-outs you want to give before we dip out, bro? Um, you know, just general shout-out to the community. I mean, you know, in general, I know, like, we mentioned before, you know, the whole George Floyd thing, it's, it's a terrible thing. Yes, um, but as much as I love everybody that I'm talking about right now, you know, just, just consider this, you know, the, the news is very selective about what they put on there and it's for a specific agenda. So keep that into consideration when you're seeing it. Yes, there's a lot of terrible shit that shows up, but there might be a reason why they're doing it. And honestly, God, I think it's to divide this country and to keep us from being able to take care of each other like we have always done in the past. So, fucking fact. Damn, look at look at motherfucking Bash over here becoming all political and shit. President Bash soon, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I am of age now, but in all technicality, legally, because I'm still active duty, I can't run. But if my name showed up on the ballot because you hand wrote it in there, I can't change that. You know what? True, true story. True story. Hey, man, I'll be your motherfucking uh, your I'll be your vice president, bro. Or your, I'll be your fucking um the the guy that goes out to the news. You I'll, do I'll, my PR. There you go. I'll do your PR, brother. Hey, man, it's been a blast having you here. Um, I want to give a couple of shout outs here as well. I want to give a shout out to, um, all of y'all, man, all, all the listeners out there who, who've been supportive of the podcast, who've, um, you know, gone on to the, on the gun line shirt store and um, bought some fucking, uh, some merch. Cause that goes directly into paying for this shit too, man, to help me get more fucking, um, equipment and give y'all better quality. Also, I want to, everybody that, that reached out to us and talked to us over on the midweek. When well, I was midweek memo, what was that shit called? The motherfucking Memorial Day weekend. Thank y'all for fucking yep. showing up, and hopefully y'all we'll see y'all then. And last but not least, I want to give a big shout out out to Staff Sergeant Juarez. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad, Staff Sergeant, my bad. I want to give a shout out to Sergeant J, man. Sorry, J. Uh, on under the gun, not under the gun line. His under podcast. the net. I got you, brother. Under, under the, the net. net. It's an amazing podcast that works just in lieu of this podcast. They work together perfectly. You know, Lopez takes it on the rough side. Uh, Sergeant Juarez takes it on the more refined side. But they both pass on that same message of let's get together and keep it, uh, keep it real the way it used to be when we were still in. And, um, you know, we'll have some guests that will either help you improve your life or at least bring back good memories. Holy shit. Look at motherfucking Bash. I'm going to have to have you as my PR guy. I couldn't have said it better myself. Under the Net Podcast, man. Sorry, Jay. He, um, him and I are, I guess we would work side by side, kind of 
and it works out well. You know, it's great podcast. You'll get some life lessons out of it on the civilian side as well, as well as the military side. You know, it's bringing people into his world and him sharing his experience as well. And then Coach Silva podcast, man, Coach Silva, I can't say enough about this dude. He motivates me just hearing him and shit, just like family. Dude, once I hear that, I feel like an incredible man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Have you heard his podcast? I haven't heard his podcast, but so I heard his interview with you Ah, uh, on yours. And then I also heard him on Sergeant Juarez's on his podcast. uh, The uh, the numb one, the life is numb or whatever it was. Yes, yes. That is an impressive episode. Um, And kind of brought a lot of stuff to light and made me realize that, you know, I don't know. I've probably been numb at least, you know, a quarter of my life now that I'm getting older. Fucking hey. Look at that, man. That is what's up. You hit the trifecta. Dude, all you got to do is now go to their podcast, dude. You'll hit the fucking the Bermuda Triangle of podcasts and shit. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, hey. Fuck is like my um. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's is a podcast there. Uh, he don't mind, man. He's cool with it. You know, it's just uh, like you said, his is more refined. If we put it into alcohol terms, his is more of a fucking um, of a fine scotch. Mine is a fucking uh, Paps Blue Ribbon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that because that's what Quasic drank the whole time we were in? You goddamn right, baby. That's how, hey, 425 for a motherfucking or 499, 475 for a 12 pack. Anyway, bro, I'm getting off, off topic. We're gone over a, an hour and 13 minutes. So thanks again for being here, Bash. I can't wait to have you here on there again. Um, and keep I'm going to keep pumping out your fucking, um, your, your, your king of battle fucking hot sauce is on point. Uh, reach out to me if you want to get a hold of Bash or Bash. Where can they reach you at if they want some? Um, they can reach me at my email, uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Bash uh, at Gmail, um, or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name isn't Aaron Bash; it's Aaron Matthew with two T's because that's how it's supposed to be spelled. Uh, <laughs> But you can find me on there. Uh, if you see a goofy-looking white guy with a beard, that's probably me. So That's his boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, brother. It's been a good time having you here. With that being said, y'all, thanks for listening to the Gunline Podcast. Catch you on the flip side. We'll catch you when it's time um, when y'all come back on over. But with that being said, y'all, rounds complete, end of mission, Gunline out. Bye, motherfuckers.